What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. I'm your friendly neighborhood cartel on the, the cardboard coaches. Car, cardboard? Card. You ever say... You ever say that you're you ever say you're into sports cars and then someone uh, sports cards and someone says sports cars all you're the time into, well, all like the Corvette time. they'd be like oh yeah that's really cool man and I'm like no no like trading cards you know and they're like oh you you buy right. and sell sports cars they're like oh okay cool I'm like all right well fuck you then <laughs> it's not that exciting Oh, you know, it's going to be a good one when we open up with like a nice little cuss word. <laughs> Team, we are uh, a little bit fired up today and, uh, you know, for more reasons than one, but we are going to go jump right into, I mean, the first thing that fired me up and I had to send this video over to Cartel. And of course he uh, doesn't open it, but he know, knew exactly what <laughs> I was talking about. So that's, that's what matters most. Uh, and the video we're talking about, um is the sasha t uh airport deal thing. whatever whatever the guy's name is okay we don't even need to give the full name uh, you know and, what fine uh, you're right okay and uh you know i didn't click your link but i'd heard about it and then when cardboard card porn cardboard card porn car, card, car, card, car porn the the, the card born the, the born what is it what is that film the, the man listen you're turning into like eminem with this like you know it, it, people it's are becoming confused. it's becoming yeah it's becoming a rap uh card porn uh acting like born so with the scorn on this guy uh, yeah so then it popped up on card porn and it went viral and it was probably even viral before that it was the, viral before that viral viral in the hobby whatever that's yeah. worth yeah, uh, yeah we talked about this guy couple weeks ago didn't we we touched on him i talked about i mean you uh, talk about jimmy carter constantly bro yeah i talked about how he was featured in the uh in the, the what is it the washington post yeah. fine fine journalistic publication and uh he's a hobby representative right just like that we have a representative of the hobby who is a young man i believe these guys in question are younger than you are brendan and i consider he's 22 i consider so, yes. you to be a young buck so these guys are just a couple of privileged young kids let's throw it out there first these are not kids that kicked and scraped for what they had you have a problem with that let me know because i i know for a fact these are not kids who kicked and scraped to be in a position where they could be in an airport selling thirty thousand dollar forty thousand dollar cards and again this is like a world much like the auctions we talk about it's not a world i engage in i can watch and you can you can have you know an opinion on it i don't have tons of opinions on these big sales but uh you and I are not going to be making any $40,000 deals anytime soon. Yeah, 40,000 is achievable or perhaps, but again, uh, once you start getting, it, it's not, it's not my business model and it's not the, the main thing that attracts me, but anyway, um, airport, uh, encounter, it's like, uh, which is the title of a porn video. That's probably wow. in your search history. Nice. Airport encounter with Sasha. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, you better have your search filters on, baby. That's, that's um, good. So the airport encounter with Sasha. These these are kids with uh, 50,000, 80, 800,000 followers, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is. 
however which way they achieve that. And they are bantering over a, a card, deciding whether they're going to sell it for $38,000 or $39,000. It's a difference of $500. Now, Brendan, correct me if I'm I wrong. think you're being way too generous right now. Can I tell a story? I, I, I will let you tell it. But, but before you do, will you not agree with me on this basic concept here? Isn't this entire thing a giant flex for both parties involved? I mean, I think that's what the intention of the video was. Yeah, for. it's a giant flex for both parties. I mean, I think I'm fairly certain that's what the whole that, thing was for. That they're that they're even, you know, bandying about this the, the card in question, which was a LeBron. Is that right? I'll let you tell the story. Yes. Fully. Yes. Okay. Just the fact that they're even bandying that about while having the privilege of having attended the national and now you know flying out from the national, perhaps in first class, so you have plenty of space to put your PSA bag down full of your slabs, right? I would argue that this deal didn't actually even go through, but I mean, I, I I I've seen some people say that, you know, I, there's more than meets the eye in so many of these situations where they may not even exist. Did, you know, did, did like, the private sale of the, of this card happen for $500,000? Did, did this happen? After did, like know, this, like back and forth bantering and like, this is, so it transitions nicely into like what actually happened, at least visually. So we are watching this video and Sasha, the, the man in question, has, has it in his head that he's going to make an airport deal because it sounds like, like a first. It sounds that he talks about how the footer would be really appealing and the title would be really appealing. And it's just a very, yeah, cool and, and by the way, I'm throwing it out there. It's not a first. I, I, I have a friend who is uh, in the comic book realm on Instagram who had a huge airport quote unquote deal, which by the way, I get you had an exciting time at the show. You're on your way back and you're just addicted to deals. You want to get one more deal in. And I understand that you, you, you want to make the most of your trip, right? You're around these people in person. You have these cards and comics in yeah. person, get, get another deal in. Right. So yeah. this, this was a major YouTube video. It involved some very high end comic books. So Sasha was not the first. I don't think Sasha has the capacity to be the first of anything, quite frankly, but go ahead, Brendan. Okay. So um, he approaches this uh, gentleman. I believe his name is Mike. I'm not sure what his handle is on anything. MC something. Uh, MC Mike. Mike. Mike of some MC kind. MC Cardboard. And um, he approaches him. He approaches him with this LeBron. I believe is a PSA 8 X-Fractor. Um and he says he wants forty thousand dollars for this card, if I'm not mistaken. I think the opening. I think we were at thirty nine. No, no, no. I think he opened with. Uh, you might have been right. You might be right. I think he might have opened with. Uh, he wants thirty, thirty, thirty nine five or something. And the young, the young MC, young MC. Uh, what's that? Uh, uh, what did young MC do? What, what man? No, I'm, I'm I'm displaying all killing sorts me right of, now. All sorts of Alzheimer's today. Um, but young MC, uh, who uh, is uh, popularized for bust a move. There you go. He wants to bust a move at $38,000. Whereas and Actually, he doesn't want to make a deal at all. Like he yeah, yeah. even he, says, he says he's like, even 38,000 is ridiculous. He says straight he up. He's like, there. listen, I'm not even really looking to buy right now. He's like, I don't, I'm not looking to buy. He's like, if, he's like, I'm, I'll, I'll make a deal. He says he's got a PSA 10 uh, LeBron base Chrome that like, if you wanna, if you want this plus cash, I'll be willing to yeah. do thirty-eight, bro. I just want to get home to my suburban. Literally, look like he was all just, of duty, okay, bro. He looked like he was just ready to get on the plane, and you know, bro. 
Sasha was fixated on this deal. And anyway, he, they go back and forth. And I say they very loosely because it was a one-sided back and forth where, I mean, Sasha was essentially just haggling him down. And he was just like, 38, 38, 38, 38. And it was almost like it was on repeat for like no, 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 five no, no, minutes. No. Sasha's saying 39. Sasha wants his 39. I, so I might have fast-forwarded you five minutes of that video then. So first is 39 for five minutes. Then it's 38 for five minutes. 38.5. Pardon? Well, the one guy's saying 38. 38.5. Sasha, Sasha is eventually saying 38.5, I believe. And the guy's just not budging because he, again, I mean, would he like to own this card? Probably. But he's openly said that he, has, he did not have any intentions of purchasing anything more. And if he was doing this, it was it was basically to like, I mean, acquire this card, yes, but almost as a favor for like for it sounds like it would be a favor to Sasha at this point. And he just keeps on going, and they finally settle at thirty eight, despite uh, Mike almost missing his plane because of the haggling and not, I mean, all, not being physically restrained or anything, but just you know when someone's like trying to sell you something and they won't let you leave. And like, you've given them your ultimatum and they're just not budging. And you're like, okay, I'm out. And it's not a play, you know, like you're generally out, you're genuinely out. You're just kind of like, I'm, uh, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like someone in the office of a major uh, fitness corporation in Canada. Yeah. You're like, you know, I'm just done. Like, I don't, I, you can offer me whatever at this point, like I'm good. And uh, he's like, okay, fine. You twisted my arm 38. And the guy's like, okay, like, whatever, sure. Like, yes. He didn't even seem happy about the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. Did not seem happy about the deal. I, I think they, they closed at 38.5. They, okay. they, they decided to compromise in between. Perfect. Didn't seem happy about the deal one bit. Uh, the video didn't sit well with me because I, it, it literally just looked like someone was harassing another person to, to sell them something. And it ends off with Sasha telling Mike that he's like, do you want to know how much I paid for it? And Sasha announced that he paid 30,000 for what, it. What did, did, how did my, how did the MC, uh, MC hammer respond to that? Did, did he say, I want to know, or was he like, he's I like, he's he, like, I bet he's you like, he's like, no, man, I got to catch my flight. I he don't was care. just kind of like, like, uh, whatever, like, sure. Like, I don't understand where this is coming. And from. then, and then the man, the representative of the, of the hobby lets loose with what he paid. $30,000. So this guy's it's supposed really, to be his to really friend. stick it in there. Yeah, to really stick it in there for everyone involved and for us, the viewer, to know how absolutely amazing he is at what he does. And negotiating and getting what he wants. And, and I and honestly think that, that that flex at the end was just to show people that he didn't actually lose this transaction. Do you know what I mean? Like, were there, were, there, in, were, were there any he, watches in the video? Did he show his watch by any chance? I don't think he did, no. Okay. But I'm surprised because he came in higher than what he got. I think that that last that was like him, like I've won. You know what I mean? Like you thought I lost that negotiation that just uh, went on for uh, 12 minutes. You know what? Actually, I won. And I just think, I don't know, you don't you don't need to prove to people that you won, you know, like I just. First of all, Did apparently you, this guy is his friend. So if he treats his friends like this, I can't imagine how he treats strangers. <laughs> and secondly, I know, I know exactly how he'd treat a stranger. I think, secondly, I think why, like, why do you need that? 
you know like why do you why do you need to know or why do you need to let everybody else know that you you won let's beat our chests i won you know he needs it for the he needs it for the same reason that that guys need to get a truck uh some some guys some guys because you know they're, they're functional but he he needed it for the same reason that many people need to flex online when they're compensating for something else in life and i think we know some of the main sources of compensation in life because you know the guys that say the least about certain things get the most if you know what i'm saying now that being said uh there's i want to cover some elements in this i think but we covered the main one which is a it was a big flex for everyone regardless and that is a strategy in this day and age and in the social media age when you see a group of people um the the shop mealy pops guys by the way when, when i'm mentioning guys just casually here this does not mean that i'm deriding them or, or that it's negative yeah because i don't i've never met a lot of these no people. Idea. i i don't know much about them and just give me my most, opinion about the situation and and 90 of the time remember it's it's all about do your thing man yeah get, get your bag do your thing um i don't care what it is that you're doing even if it's jimmy carter cards do it it can be extremely unsavory and idiotic but do your thing i'm not going to tell you to not do something so uh number one it may have been completely uh fabricated the same way when a bunch of people sit down uh buying a million dollar pokemon case and speculating on its value you're you're doing something there you're what you're doing is you're introducing this concept of its of its value or perhaps a new value you are affecting its market just by having it on camera having the discussion of course having it go down yeah. whether the deal was real or not um now the other thing is uh having been in the hobby and dealt with quote unquote friends and, and real friends, um, you have to remember that there's, there's a lot going on in the background in some of these situations. You may know a friend who, for example, is a really hardcore LeBron collector. And you know that because of this, he's maybe more willing to pay retail or a little bit more above retail. Now, now it falls on you. The question is, do you want to take advantage of that as a friend of theirs? a uh, whole other ethical issue i think most people wouldn't want to but you can I mean, yourself- so let's let's say it's a short printed like, i mean it's out of 220 right so like this card isn't it's, easy it's to come valuable by. like this card is not easy to come by so let's say this guy was an avid like this guy's pc is lebron he's been it's, looking yeah. for something yeah. like this you know what i mean like yeah. It's much easier for Sasha to go to him. But you would feel, you would feel based, just like watching the interaction, you would feel that there was mutual interest. And I just didn't like, it, it didn't feel like there was mutual interest. And this goes back to what you and I were talking about with respect to that past cardboard post about the dealer that had the sign, don't come to me with comms. And right. basically like there's d- ways to make a deal. And I think honestly, you need to make deals with people where they don't feel cheated. Like whether, well, I mean, yeah, that's whether that's you the- get the most out of it or not, who cares? Like, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously you want to get the most out of a deal, but the other person needs to feel that like they, they aren't ripped off and they need to feel good about what they're buying and what they're, what they're trading. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. I just, there's, there's going to be two pathways, right? Like it's like, if someone says, okay, cartel loves Jordan Bennington, 
because uh, Cartel maybe is suffering from several concussions. But yes, nonetheless, he continues to be a big fan of Jordan Bennington. And I have a very rare Bennington card. This is a real world example, by the way. You can be that friend, right? You can be all sorts of different friends, but you can be that friend that comes to Cartel and says, you know, I only put $100 into this. The card's going for around 1000 which is funny because God knows what Bennington card's going for 1000 now. I'm going to give it to him for 500 because that way I make a little money, but I give that's him fair. this great that's yeah. better than retail. Now, you would hope that's how life goes, but it's not how life goes. And I have found this out very quickly. You could also come to Cartel and say, hey, because Cartel loves Biddington so much, and this card is so rare, and I paid 100 bucks, I'm going to milk him for even more than retail because it's a rare card. He can't get it anywhere else. And I know yeah. he really wants it, so I'm going to charge him $1,200 instead of 1000 And unfortunately, in the recent history of my life, I've come across too many people like that than the first person. And that's life, right? So... But again, can't complain with people trying to make their money. You never know what the other person's situation is. In the case of Sasha, I think it's more aggravating and frustrating because I don't think this is a kid that's hard on his luck and that he needed to pump his friend, especially for an extra $500 in a $38,500 deal. He, he was already making $8,000. Like, he needed to like, pump him for $500 extra on top. He was already making eight off the deal where the guy, I mean, truthfully you know didn't really want it. I mean, that's what it looked like. And this guy, MC Young or whatever is MC uh, Febreze, whatever his name is, um, he's come out and said, ah, it, was, it didn't offend me. It's uh, everybody's overblowing it and, and being too sensitive. And I'm still buddies. You know what? We often dig our own graves, man. If you want to have friends like that around you and continue to do so. I feel like this young generation of hobbyists, quote unquote, who are just, they're, they're just flippers, let's be honest. Like to, to Sasha, that slab is just, it can be a coin, it could be a token. It doesn't matter. It can be an NFT. It doesn't matter, it's money, right? So this new generation of flippers, I'll call them, because they're not hobbyists. Um, that, that's what's going on. That's the way they're treating each other now. It's toxic and they probably aren't even fully aware of how toxic it is. At the end of the day, if they can brag about what they've done, even if they had something done against themselves, that 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 person made eight thousand, maybe I can make ten thousand on this flip, and I'm a winner. And that's really it's just this empty, it's it's this empty pursuit. That One of the selling features during this video was Sasha telling him that, like, do you know how many how much business you're gonna get because you made a deal with me? Yeah, I heard that. I heard that too. So now it's like you know it's. And again, before I'm quick to continue criticizing Sasha, imagine what he's been going through. Look, he gets a call. He gets a, an article in the Washington yeah. Post. He gets people sending him stuff for free. I see all these influencers that get stuff for free as well, too. So, so that, that, like, that's, that's what he's used to. And then he realizes, I have a rub, right? So any interaction, and this is why I valued getting in touch with people like Donnie B early on when I did. These are normal human beings, man. They, they, they don't see speaking to someone new as an opportunity to have someone put change into the machine, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know of course I mean? it does. Donnie B helped build, helped build me up when, when I had just gotten started. Uh, and by the way, I don't even know what it is I'm doing on Instagram at this point, to tell you the truth. I don't know how to classify myself. I am a hobbyist. I am a dealer. I'm an enthusiast. I am someone who will answer questions. Uh, I love helping people. Um, but, you know, Donnie has something very specific that he's doing and that he's been working on and is coming to fruition for himself. And he's always been so open. 
and helps other people and does not expect anything back. He gets back. You know why? Because when Donnie does something nice for me, I'm going to send, send him something because he's a nice guy and I want to do that. And it means a lot to do that. But some of these influencers, I'd imagine, are at this point where they think their existence is a rub in and of itself, which it probably is. So he's probably right. Yes. Um, but I feel like that kid MC, uh, MC, uh, uh, MC uh, Eichel uh, had a pretty good following to begin with. Right. So oh, I don't know. I, and that that also kind of raised my eyebrow. I'm like, I think these guys know what they're doing more so than we even think. I mean, and that's what I that mentioned they're from, doing. That's from the get go. I said, I mean, it's entirely possible that like this was all I mean, yeah, you, 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 you never hear know, stories like, of people like going on vacation and then posting like saving a pictures and then just posting them like at a random like Tuesday so that it's like a flex. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like I'm on the beach today or like this is my view today. Right. And I right. just feel like that could have been easily like something of that nature. A lot of these guys probably initially started faking it to make it and then got to that point where they don't even have to fake it to make it anymore. And the Rolex watch has become real. But uh, uh, another thing I was going to mention, look, it, maybe in this circle of friends, uh, 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 MC Sega is perhaps known as being a money bag. So maybe, you know, they, they know to go to him and tempt him and, and, and do that. There's so many things in the background we're, we're, we are not privy to in yeah. terms of the dynamics of these friendships. And we all have these weird dynamics too. We know like, you know, uh, and, and I, 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 there's plugs, right. They're called, they're called plugs. And there's also, and, and there's also money bags, right. And there's people that I know to go to if I need money in a pinch and they're going to fleece me. So I'm going to bring them things typically that I at least have a big margin on to begin with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fleece me, yeah. but they fleece me and they do it with a smile. Uh, and as you go on through life, you hopefully get yourself in a position where you don't have to do that anymore. But I got fleeced by some of my best friends in the hobby. Okay. And uh, end of the day, it's, it's whatever is going on at that particular point in time. It's whatever the dynamic is in the relationship. And, and uh, that, that's the part that we don't have the information on. When it, yeah, I was going to say, ultimately, my stance on this whole thing is uh, whatever happened there, like it is what it is. I just, I know that there's a lot of young individuals or maybe not young individuals who might idolize people like this, um, you know, uh, faces of yes. the hobby, yes. faces of the hobby. And I just don't want this to be common practice. I don't, yeah, I that's... want, I want people to respect each other. And like I said, I mean, leave a deal with both parties feeling good, whether it's like, money exchange whether it's cards exchange right like you don't want to feel like you bullied someone into a transaction and that's just kind of what it looked like from the outside whether it was or, or not it is what it is i don't i mean i i wasn't there i don't care it is i just care about how it's perceived and how others perceive it and act moving forward because let me tell you something if anyone ever tries to do that to me and they hold me up at an airport yeah. I'm going to jail. <laughs> yeah. But again, but I, but Brendan, the type of person you are I, like, listen, man, you're not going to surround yourself with people like that. I, and, and that's all. And, and that could be another talking point. The fact that, you know, if you start to see people that you're interacting with, do these kinds of things, like right, it right. probably doesn't stop at like a, a $50 card. Like if you guys both come up, guess what? Next is going to be a $5,000 card or a, you know what I mean? Like it's, 
it's just going to keep yeah, the, the, the whole thing's bizarre. I mean, I, I've done, you know, in my younger years, I've done that flex where I like, I come back to the table and I tell my buddy, man, I just, I flipped that car to that guy that I just got here at the show and I made 500 bucks. Have That's you ever deal. told the person? That's a big deal. It but it's a stranger, right? And the guy's happy with what he got and I'm happy and it's a stranger and I'm likely never going to see him again. But to go through that old process. Have you ever told post the, it? Have you ever told the person who you sold something to no, absolutely how much not. you bought it no. for initially um no and it's even funnier when people ask like what what yeah yeah uh, let, let me tell you the whole story of my life and this card before we make a deal give me a break but you know but yeah like uh, to, to 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 do that to to a friend i guess you're maybe more comfortable like you're more comfortable with your friend like hey by the way uh, this is, yeah 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 it's, uh I don't know. It's just unimaginable to me to. to hey, by the way, let me just shit on your Brendan, chest. Brendan, by the way, I made ten thousand dollars on you. Now I'm going to post this. I'm going to make you look like an. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is That's... too much. Team, we got to switch gears here. We're gonna. We got. We can't talk about this forever. Instead, we got to start talking about some of these crazy auctions, man. Wait, I didn't even. I didn't even talk about Jimmy Carter. <laughs> oh, don't please. Anyways, please. anyways. We got to talk about some of these crazy auctions that seemingly end. I mean, we've been talking about crazy auctions for like 10 months now, but it's like a weekly basis where it's not even at golden auctions anymore. Like now there are eBay auctions ending for like 30 K and like PWCC premium auctions ending for like 60 K. Like it's a regular thing for cards to end in, in the, uh, the five digit range and like the mid five, digits and i think that's pretty crazy uh a trey young nebula 101 psa 10 just sold for four hundred thousand dollars at golden those are uh, those are those are pretty cards are they pretty are nice cards. cards uh and he also just made it to the <laughs> conference finals um so that's impressive as hell i mean atlanta looks promising i just don't know if $400,000 is, uh, I mean, it's a lot of money for, yeah. I mean, like our concept is getting into these guys that, uh, it could have tremendous payoffs, uh, and, uh, and this battle between God knows how many bidders to, to get in on that card. And it's the one of one hype right now. Everyone is buying one of ones. I mean, not everyone's buying one of ones, but everybody seemingly wants, a one of one. And what's crazy is there's so many products. So for a year, let's say Tatis is a rookie year. There are probably like 12 one of ones out there. If not more, there are probably there's like there's more one of ones than ever. Absolutely. There are probably 35 yes, Tatis one of ones from his rookie season. There are buyback one of ones. Like I saw someone hit a, a, a buyback one of one. And I'm like, but that thing was made in 2021. So like, how the hell is that from his rookie year? You know what I mean? Like it's, so it gets pretty complicated, but like people want to own one-on-ones right now. Super short printed stuff is in incredibly high demand. And I know you yeah. want to touch on the McGregor because you cannot stand this man. So you might as well. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm almost enjoying watching this because I, I just don't understand how anyone is putting it in their head that they should be buying McGregor at a top price right now. We, we just witnessed a guy with a twisted ankle sitting there spewing nonsense and gibberish. Was, it, was that not the most pathetic display in sports? I, it was. It 100% was. This guy has such a cult of personality and such a, a group of followers that are just loyal to the end 
all emanating from his uh, his nationality and and uh, and that kind of pride. And I just I, I don't know, man. Like, so I I, I believe it was around thirty thousand for a Prism Gold out of ten. Not a rookie card, just a, a low numbered Prism card. Connor's got cards going back to twenty thirteen in tops. And I mean, you know what? Then God knows what some of those cards are going for. But man, the uh, the MMA market uh, is just uh, it just swings to this focus on this guy who ha- who wins nothing and just sits on Twitter drunkenly deleting tweets, horrible, horrible tweets. How can you be a fan of this person? How can you look in the mirror and be like, I'm good with myself supporting this person? I don't know. But uh, again, it's that's symptomatic of what you just said. Everybody's uh, trying to get in on these low-numbered cards. They've convinced right. themselves that Connor is a cultural icon and that somehow this value is going to increase. I, I, I personally don't see it happening. Um, I just I don't know, like... The, the short printed like non-rookies i i don't know if i'll get behind that ever i mean maybe i'm just i'm just like well traditionally back in the day i kind of went out of my way to avoid such things because i was so loyal to the concept of a true rookie card i get into arguments with people i'll give you one example the uh the upper deck young guns buyback McDav- mcdavid that's numbered out of 97 which i was lucky enough to pull the year that it came out was uh, packaged into 2017-18 SP Authentic. Yeah. So it was packaged into a product three years after its release, two years after its release, two, two years after its release, where Upper Deck literally just took the cards back. I don't know if they bought it on eBay. Um, you do see that sometimes. Uh, uh, Brian Gray has bought plenty of Jack uh, Jake, uh, Jack Eichel cards from me. I've sent to him. And I think they get slabbed or autographed and basically repurposed, right? So what Upper Deck does is they repurpose these cards. They may have just been in their warehouse too, right? So they grab 97 Upper Deck Connor McDavid Young Guns. They get them to sign them. They're on-card autographs. Unfortunately, I don't know if it was the Sharpie he was using or something. A lot of them have really rough autographs. They're numbered out of 97. And uh, I had people running around calling these rookie cards. In my opinion, it's not a rookie card. It is a buyback release from 2017-18, which is not his rookie year, came out of, in order to source it, to acquire it initially, it's coming out of a product that's marked as 2017-18. But was it the actual, agree with me, was or, it printed initially in 2015? Or did they print, it, did they print it, more in 2017? It was, well, the way they're presenting it is, it, it was an original, it, it is a Connor Young gun. So it how is it not a rookie? Because the rookie was released in packages of 2015-16 product, hobby and retail, and came out as a card with no autograph on it. Yeah. But in 2017-18, they made it an autographed card out of 97. So in my mind, if like, for example, in the label of a, of a, of a slab, it would be 2017. 2017. SP authentic. Ah. UD buyback young guns. Auto dash 97 Connor McDavid. But again, when it comes to a card like that, we're nitpicking because yeah. it is the iconic Young Guns card. And it, I think it is, it is the actual card. I'm talking about these prisms that like are yes. out, of, out of 149. Or, from, how about, yeah, or Precious Metal. Or from any nine other. years later. And that's another right. thing that I actually kind of want to talk about. Like, I mean, we can talk about this right after. I think that the Precious Metal gems are going to pop for the NHL, to be honest. I think they, uh, they already are. I, I, I believe they already are. And metal universe is coming out very soon. Is it not? And that's, and that's why I think it's, it, they're just going to explode. Like I think between oh, the yeah. basketball hype,
but again, those are rookies. Like, I mean, a lot of them, I, I think there's, I think Matthews, it might be the, his rookie year. I there, think it's, there are, there, there are rookies. There, I think there it's are, 20, I, I think it's 2016 them. was the last there's, one. There's, there's McDavid PMGs, like legit. The rookie, rookie though? I, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Really? You need to check out Penguins Pirates on IG. Absolutely, yes. I do. So, so these cards are, uh, they just, they, they, they passed the, the radar of a lot of collectors when they came out back in the day because everyone was focused on the traditionals. Ice at a 99, Ultimate at a 99, SP Authentic at a 999, uh, Young Guns, right? Cup. This is what was on most people's radars. PMGs were just very selective. A lot of these people who were into it are now laughing. And they were really smart about what they were doing at the time. It was. I'm going to tell you right now, McDavid PMG is like pretty cheap, though. Like uh, compar yeah, like comparatively from speaking, years. from other years, compared compare that to his young gun. I mean, the PMG is like out of like 199, the one that I saw. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, and there's a, there's a few of them at this point. So yeah, I, I they're great, you know. And 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 again, it was traditionally a basketball kind of thing. It wasn't. Yes. Yeah. But now we're seeing things sort of mesh. And now we're seeing, by the way, we're seeing influencers talk about hockey. We're, we're, we're seeing hockey on more people's radars. And it should be, man. I hope, I hope more people get into hockey. I love talking to people on Instagram from the States uh, who um, I want to shout out Blue Type R, um, who are getting into hockey and going to see the games and appreciating the sport and then getting into the cards. And sometimes the cards are more accessible. You can go to Walmart and find some of the cards. So it all makes sense. And they get a little bit more interested and excited about hockey. There's an idea that vintage hockey is, 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 is too low. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's criminally, criminally yeah. low. I honestly, based on like our, uh, yeah. I like, I, and I have a, I actually have a theory about this. If you want to hear me out, do you want to hear me out? Cause it's kind of sure. cool. So I think that the reason why vintage hockey is low is because a lot of the people who, were collecting let's say in the 80s and 90s much like with basketball hockey was one of those that was completely mass produced like i mean they were all mass produced but like a lot of the big name rookie cards were like in that like 90s range especially right? in the 90s like yes. big big name for the sport yes, were in, yes. the, in the 90s right and that just happened to be when the products were mass produced and so you have these people who are diehard hockey fans. Let's say my father, like whatever, right? I mean, you, you're in that category as well, but you're a little, you're younger than my dad. But um, let's say like in the 50s, like 50s and 60s, that would yeah. be like spending the, the money that they're spending on basketball. Like I'm, I'm thinking about these, these people that are spending the crazy money on basketball, majority of them that are spending them like the millions of dollars on cards, they've got to be in their like mid, mid 40s, to like early fifties, like, you know what I mean? They've been here for a hot minute. Now those people have collections of hockey cards of the people they idolized and they're worth like nothing. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. and that can't sit well and that can't, inf that can't encourage them to like buy into it again because they, they invested so much of their, their life, their energy, their, like they watch these guys outperform a lot of the people in the, the players in the nineties will have better careers than anyone that we see right now. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of those players will stand out yeah. over time. Right. And their cards are still going to be lower. So I just don't think that whole thing sits well with the people who would be spending serious money on hockey. And that's why the only people that bump up are the ones who 
they know or they, they really think are going to make an impact more so than the people in the 90s, if that makes sense. Like yeah, the McDavid. So, so they're going to be pickier. They're going to be pickier. And it's just, it's kind of sad because it's almost like the, the cart, the, the, the hockey card market is being gate kept much like I mentioned, like the sport itself. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, that's just my take. On, I mean, someone from the outside, I mean, I'm in, in no, it now, a, but it's, like. It's an important point. You know, so many of these iconic guys like Mar- Marty Brodeur's rookie card, his single rookie card. There's warehouses full of that product, man. Uh, I'll tell you this. Yager. Once we start, yeah, and, and we saw that appreciation for the Premier Yager, and a lot of people criticized it because, again, that, that, mo- that was almost artificial. It was like we were forcing it. We were like, okay, yeah. Yager's so awesome. Yeah. This is such an awesome card. The PSA 10 should be worth so much more. Yes. But, man, there's a ton of them out there. There's still Sundin, a ton of them. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a really good point because all our icons are represented in these really overloaded, uh, overprinted sets. Yeah. If you go a little further back, though, the benefit that people are starting to see is that a lot of these cards are not highly gradable. But once you start going to the 80s, the, the population on Gretzky cards, man, like just across the board, starting from his rookie and going forward, compare that to Michael Jordan cards in the late 80s and 90s. The Gretzky population numbers are so low and people are starting to pay attention to that too. And a lot of people are starting to go to the classic sets like 8045 and they want to collect it. And there's an appreciation, even from non-hockey collectors, I posted some of those PSA 8s that I got back recently. Gretzky's from 8045, 82, 83. And they're just like, man, like the 8045 design is so classic. And it's got eyes on it. People are, people are, uh, are checking it out more than ever. Uh, 86, 87, Patrick Waugh, 85. There was such a nice little run there in the 80s. Yeah. Classic sets. And yeah, there, there are a lot of those cards out there, but getting them in a nice grade, totally different conversation. But again, like... I mean, grading is like almost unattainable unless it's like like super express or express. Sure, but so like, yeah, but at the, but if you're gonna get if you're gonna get your hands on a nice wall or Lemieux, you're probably gonna it's like it needs to be like, right. You're yeah, but like I mean, we talk about the like how good it feels to like grade the card yourself and get it back, and it just yep. there's just something to it. You know what I mean? There's just something about like digging and let's say you're going through old cards and you see something in really good shape for instance, and you're like, I'm subbing this thing. And then it comes back and it's a nine or a 10. And you're like, booyah. You know what I mean? Like I, I kept this thing in good shape for long enough to get this grade, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. There's it's funny. You mentioned uh, like graded sets because I saw something this morning and it, uh, it was posted by golden auctions. I think it was a tweet. And they said that PSA has a graded more 2019 prison basketball cards. And the number is three three hundred and ninety four thousand four hundred and ninety six. So three hundred and ninety five thousand of them. Uh, then all soccer cards combined, which would be two hundred twenty thousand. So that one set of prison basketball almost has doubled the entire population of soccer cards graded all time. By the way, which I found fascinating. Just fascinating yeah yes indeed i mean we wonder why the the prices of some of these cards are tanked the way that they have like i mean are are we going to go through like a like a junk slab era i mean i feel like that's part of what i think we are i think we are in that and uh yeah and there's going to be discounts as a result you saw it you saw it solidified at the national 
I saw those stacks of, you know, 2018 update PSA 10 cards with like, you know, it's just a stack and it says 125 on it. And those cards were, you know, hitting 300 uh, early in 2020. Well, Burbank just opened up uh, like a shop and he's got a whole display case, like two or three, three tier display cases of slabs under 50 bucks, man. Like, and they're like, like, and they're popular, by the way. They're popular. A lot of lower classic levels. names, man. Like, we've got like Lewis Robert base nines. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are good players. Good that players. Is not, and that is not to be derided. Again, like as a dealer myself, I'm our. We're, we finally have, we finally have a submission and grading, don't we, Brendan? Some traction, sir. Isn't that exciting? And I mean, and and did I submit a dozen base Jordan Alvarez's? I sure did. But you know what? People are going to buy them and I'm going to sell them. Okay. I did. I didn't. That's, that's really, that's really what it's, what's going to happen. I didn't. I did. I did go off on like Jason Dominguez and like Tatis though. I've got my Tatis's as well. And it's the same deal. It's the same point I'm making that uh, I'm not going to be the only one. If, if my Chromes come back tens, I'm not going to be the only one with a stack of tens, but people want to buy them. There are plenty, there's a plenty of sectors in the hobby where people are collecting on that level. We are not all, going to golden auctions and buying thousands of thousands of dollars. No. Cards. Okay. No. I, ironically enough, I actually learned, I mean, I learned that today, but I, I, I realized that like a decent play is like, get those cards that are may, maybe a little bit less valuable and honestly bringing them to your local card shop, man. Like, yep. like bringing them to, I mean, if you don't want to deal with eBay fees and you don't have the option to go to a show, like we don't right now, um, we can't even do trade nights yet. They're actually, you know, we can't even have that many people inside all at once. So bringing them, especially if, if your buy-in is relatively low, for instance, or you just want capital to start making moves and you're like, okay, this is kind of dead weight and you're not patient on something, you know, a shop will be much, much easier to move that thing than you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you, you can utilize the, the local store. Again, with, with full knowledge that the local store has an overhead. 100%. This is stuff people even forget about at shows, man. Like, yeah. If you're going to show up to try to sell me something, there's here, here's your different pathways. Number one, is it so, someone brings a Stevie Y PSA 9 OPG to me? All bets are off. Let's have a really good chat about this because there's not a ton of them out there. And I love that card. But if you're going to bring me a Juan Soto PSA 10 update, and try to charge me retail you're comps. really you're really you're looking up comps right you're really misunderstanding the point of what i'm doing behind a table having paid for that table and having an overhead and paying taxes and all these other things that businesses do guys like this is a real thing that i'm pointing out here you know and i just i, I have these people on ig who bring me comps from three months ago and they think they're being they're either being slick or they're very young okay like there are a lot of youngsters out there let's not forget oftentimes when you're going through dms you're DMing with a 12-year-old. Step carefully, speak respectfully. Um, I, I almost jumped down the throat of a kid who was giving comps. When I looked at his page, I realized he was a very young kid. And I've had people tell me, oh, don't let these kids trick you, man. They're, they're, they're smart and they're tricky. I don't care. They're 12. I remember how I was. I'm going to be nice to them. Even if they're coming at me with very bad intentions, yeah. I'm going to nicely push them aside. I'm not going to swear at them. I'm not going to send them anything nasty. Okay, I've, I've already learned that lesson that, that we're dealing with so many young people on social media that just don't know any better. They may not be trying to be nefarious. They may have gotten excited about the fact that their 
autograph card sold for $40 three months ago. Yeah. Right? Even though it's $10 now because it's from a new product, right? And then you have to explain to them, listen, I understand that it sold for 43 months ago, but here's the latest. It was $10. I'll offer you five. You know, so they came in at 40 and they're like, what's the deal, man? You're offering me five. And you also have to be okay letting someone think you're an asshole. You have to be okay because this, this is such a common thing it shows where people walk away with a bad taste in their mouth because of what you're offering them. And you're trying to explain to them, I cannot give you what you would get if you put it on eBay. I cannot do that for you. I'm not in a position to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, that means I would have to sell it at a certain price. You know what I mean? Like people just don't really realize that. Right. Like, so if you go into the store and I've done this with, with uh, my local stores and stuff, if, if you go into that store knowing I, I, I put very little into this and I just want to flip this into something else that I want, that's a good way to go about doing it. As long as everybody's on the level there. Yeah. With that sort of concept. Right. So I think it's all, all great points, man. I think we, all, we should also, talk a little bit about i mean you've been in the gym and you've been posting about the gym and you've been smashing some deadlifts bro like you're, you're back man it's you're back weeks and it's it's really important to me and it's really important to my mental state and i, I hope this resonates with some people um some people in parts of the states don't get it like i i just say to some of my friends and say i'm like okay how's your routine going really good great now imagine i took it away from you for a year and a half yeah Imagine I took away the, the center of it, which is the workout itself. And by taking away the middle of it, you're, I'm taking away all the routine that you had before and after it in terms of how you eat and how you treat your body. Let me just take that away for a year and a half. It's very difficult. It was very challenging. It was one of the biggest challenges of my life. Believe it, to man. Have that, to have that taken away from me. So I'm, I'm thankful to be back to it. it so it makes what, is, what does your routine look like now, man? People need to know. It makes me so appreciative. And I, yeah, I think that's what we should do today. You and yeah. I will share our routines and give all the proper disclaimers, right? Because while I am dipping my toes back, because that's a smart thing to do, you have to be careful to avoid injury. Uh, don't get overzealous and put yourself in a position where you may be injured or have a bad result of, of, of diving back in too soon. So I'm not going to be very far off from where I, for where I was before things yeah. shut down. So, so my current routine, uh, the way that I've been training into my older age is with an eye for my joints, functionality and strength, okay? Now, I, I'll offer you this. If, if you are training with the correct intensity and the correct overall exertion, then that applies to both of the classics that everybody wants to focus on the most, right, Brendan, which is building muscle and losing fat. Yeah. So by no means do I have a piece of paper where my goals are lose 20 pounds, gain 10 pounds of muscle. First of all, I do know where, where I want my body weight to be. Yeah. That should be something everyone should do. Get on the scale, take some measurements. That's always like good. Prog progress a, pictures or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like something a great way to get yeah. motivated and encouraged yeah. when two weeks later you've lost some size in your waist or put some size on your arm, you're going to feel great. And you're also gonna... like, it's a, it's a marker, you know, you need a marker, like, cause you're going to have days where you don't feel great. And like, if you have that marker, you can look back on it and be like, I might not feel great today, but guess what? Like, this is how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and, and, and then beyond that, so that's, that's not my main no. quote unquote goal right now. My main goal is to stay consistent and feel like I'm progressing from workout to workout especially in terms of the strength. 
And that's pretty easy to do early on because you want to underestimate when you restart, right? So you want to yeah. get through a couple workouts where it's like you did not get that straining exertion that you're going to eventually get to. So that's really good because that'll motivate you as it's motivating me as I go on. And then I'm surprising myself when I'm pulling certain things yeah. at, at the end, you know, like in my later sets. So most of my, so the, the workout can break down like this. I'm going to start with uh, two or three supersets that are generally upper, lower push and pull. So the classic example uh, would be a squat with a bent row. And uh, I do kind of, the, I do the, the, the bent row uh, pretty much like, um, is it, it's the Penley style. Yeah. Where it's like from the ground. Row, right. Which by the way, it's not easy to get, not a lot of people come by and they see me in that position. And you're essentially at the bottom of a Romanian deadlift as you yes. start. To like, holy crap, your back is so straight that that comes with some mobility. Thankfully that I didn't lose during this year and a half. Cause I, I, I did still engage in some stretching and aesthetics and things like that, you know? Hey, listen, if, if you have 10 years of building that, it's not going to go away a year and a half. Yeah, good that's fair. Now, will, will it not be 100%? Yeah, you got to. But once you start doing it again, you're there. Yeah. So uh, these, these supersets are typically, I would say every single one except for the deadlift is going to be a four by eight, which is four sets, eight repetitions without any break. So I'm going to get my, my eight reps of my squat and then immediately get into that pendlay row of, of, of uh, eight reps. Then I'm going to take a very short break. I want to be sweating. I want to feel my heart pumping. That's where the intensity comes in. Yes, you can do high intensity even when you're using barbells and doing slow, steady reps. You can still get that exertion. Uh, so the deadlift is the only one where I'm probably going to start entering into a five by five or even more sets. Why? Because I love it. It's my favorite. Okay. That's simple as that. Everyone's got a favorite for most guys. It's bench press and bicep curls. Mine is the deadlift. So I want to get in a lot of them. And I'm going to keep them in that five rep strength range. Okay. Uh, and by the way, does that build muscle? Well, oh, that's the strength range, man. It's five reps is the strength range. Of course range. it does. And then 10 reps is the hypertrophy. And then the 15 reps is the stamina. Well, of course it does, man. And I, and I know this for a fact. I, I measure my, my fucking hamstrings. <laughs> Sorry to, to, to throw the French in there, but okay. you know, I, I, I witnessed my hamstrings wilt away without the benefit is oh just deadlift at home yeah with my 25 pound dumbbells yeah i saw them wilt away and them already building them back up um because the strain and 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 that your hamstrings knowing that every three four days that you're going to be lifting three to five hundred pounds creates muscle growth that's that's the that's the pure way to create muscle growth so yeah thankfully i found that i haven't lost a ton of my strength i it, the big challenge is mental in terms of go, getting back into things slow and steady. And so Brendan, I will end up finishing the workout with the higher repetition between 12 to 15 uh, when it comes to the isolations, biceps, triceps, deltoids. Um, I'm not isolating any part of my legs. I'm only doing compounds for my legs. And if I have time, if it's so unimportant to me at this point in my life, if I have time, I will isolate the elements of the core whether it's the lower back, obliques, and uh, abdominals, because don't forget, you're getting a hell of a core workout when you deadlift and squat properly. When you do pull-ups, you're getting a hell of a core workout. So that's basically my simple workout at this point. And it's allowed me to build up healthy habits before and after the workout in terms of how I prepare and how I eat. And mentally, I feel a lot better and I'm sleeping better. There you go, how man. You? Tell me about your uh, program now that you're back in the gym. Yeah, so... Um... 
I have been running my boot camps pretty consistently throughout the whole pandemic. I do like two a day. And like, when I say I run them, like I'm, I, I do them. You're doing like, them. Like I'm doing them with people. So it, yeah. um, I try to, when I do get to the gym, so I'm probably in the gym twice a week now. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off, Brendan, but oh. as, as, pe- as people are listening to this. Yeah. Uh, I know not, not many people are able to do this. They don't quite understand calories and things like that, but just try to envision in your head how many calories Brendan is burning. And and take I, that into account whenever we see your, your, your beautiful uh, f- food, uh, uh, tiki talkies. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff, like yeah. it's very clear. Brendan likes to eat. He's not, he's not keeping anything from himself. No. He's not depriving himself. So much of it is healthy, but he'll show the occasional pizza and cookie. Just do the math in your head about what this guy's typical day is. Sorry, it's a lot. Ahead. It's a lot. I mean, I am like, I, and it's almost to the point where if I don't, like, I, I just, I can't function. Like, I actually, yeah, like. Oh, dude. Like, you ever, I, I got myself into a situation once at our old workplace where you and I, it was you and I deadlifted in the morning, yeah. remember? And yeah. I had a meal before and after it. But then the way that we scheduled ourselves, Brendan, you know what I'm talking about. We yeah, yeah. Insane, you have like right? four in a row and you can't, you can't eat. You and you're just like. And do you yeah. think I almost passed out? I yeah. did almost pass out. Yeah. Like you need fuel. You need fuel. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so especially because like my boot camps, um, and this isn't a boot camp plug. I'm literally just like, I'm telling you. So I do compound, like tons of compound movements in my boot camps. And like, I have dumbbells here up to 50. So like, I, I still like fuck with heavy enough weight. And like, and it's for reps. It's always timed. So what I do when I go to the, the gym here, um, I will do an upper body push, lower body pull of either machines that I don't have here um, or compound movements. Um, and by compound movements, I only mean like my upper body push is overhead press and bench press because I don't have either of those available here. Um, things like flies. So like I'll, that's I would do a lot of isolation right after the, the compounds again, because I mean, I'm working on these muscles every day, but I just, there are certain areas that I just can't hit the same way as it, I could if, if, if I was isolating them. Right. Uh, so that's been nice. Upper body push, lower body pull, <laughs> so lower body pull would be a deadlift. I've been doing bent rows with uh, barbells, which has been beautiful, is uh, very different than barbell or than dumbbells. Oh, man. Ooh, so different. So different. Um, and I mean, my core has been feeling great as a result of it. And then the other day will be an upper body pull, uh, which is like rows. And again, like I don't need to do single arm rows with respect to dumbbells, but like I can do like a seated cable row, which is beautiful, like a high pull. You know, like there's just so many different variations of rows. And it's actually kind of brought like love to machine work for me. Do you know what I mean? Because I haven't had it for so long and uh, it's not my primary exercise feature. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not my primary um, program feature. It's not something I'm building my program around. It's kind of like an accessory, which is great. Um, And then my lower body push is obviously uh, barbell squats, which I mean, at one point or another, like my squats were pretty, pretty nice. And uh, so we're working our way back up slowly. I'm finding a lot of it is, uh, is the nervous system. I mean, my nervous system is just not prepped and ready for that kind of weight yet. Like it's what did you, when, when I parted ways from our workouts, how many years ago was that? Brendan? I mean, probably like, our last workout together, eight years ago, seven years ago. 
seven years ago, probably. You were. Like, I was like twenty-one, I think. You you were working your way towards a three plate, and then I think you hit it. Where? How far past did you get? My max was uh, four thirty. Four thirty. I mean, there was a lot of assistance, but I still had to stand up. Like you, young son of a. What, there was what a is, so there was a belt. Wait, someone there, someone there sticking a, something in your bum hole. What there was, was a belt assistance? involved. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, there were knee sleeves involved. Oh, so you were all geared up like cable. And um, and I had someone spotting me. And they gave me the squeeze, okay. but they gave me the squeeze for, I would say like three seconds though. Not so right. like, it, it wasn't like a tap, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't like, you know, that the well, if, if, you're, if you're doing all, if you're doing all that for four thirty, that still tells me four or five, you could probably rep. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I was, I was doing like four or five, four or five. So I was doing pause, like a 10 second pause with three sixty five. Oh boy. Just, just to like again get the nervous system, like, like to just be able to push through that uh, that wall. Yes. And so I think moving forward, I'm gonna go back to pauses. To be honest, and for those people who don't know that are listening right now, a pause squat is just um, number one. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't have mobility. Um, I would recommend working on your mobility before doing a pause squat because it's gonna involve you sitting at a like maximum depth but also where you have like control of it. It's like right at that breaking point and yeah, trying right. to help you develop that nervous system response to keep pushing. You ever see when someone's about to buckle, it's a push through that buckling. Yeah, and oftentimes people, it is just a nervous system response. Yeah. Most, most people's spinal positions are going to be so terrible at that yeah. bottom portion that holding a pause is not going to do. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I know. I know. And that's why I, I, so, I tried so it's, to, it's, it's it's pretty advanced. I had to give the yeah, disclaimer. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could do like a pause squat with a, like a kettlebell even, you know what I mean? Like just holding a kettlebell, like squatting down and just holding that for like yeah, five if, seconds. If, if someone early in their squat development is doing a, a front, like a goblet squat yeah. and, and, and they're holding that at the bottom. Absolutely. That's a good way to just, That'd be, I mean, that would be crazy, man. You get unbelievable gains from that, man. They, I, I, I promise you, you're going to achieve maximum depth doing a pause <laughs> a pause squat just yes. don't just don't load it up as i was getting to is that like i can't load them yet like it's not like a big boy weight yet so i haven't even come close to one rep maxes for anything right uh, i'm just building it back up like i said pauses for pretty much everything that's including bench that's including my overhead press i just want to like get the movements back and then we can start making things fun again right but uh, yeah team so that's what we're working on uh, you've heard where our heads are at with the card market, with the workout market, as oh, always market. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> as always, if you have questions about fitness, I feel like we get a lot of work of, of card questions. I mean, I, and I, I would hope we do because we are the cardboard coaches and we do love sports cards. And this is primarily about sports cards, but please look no further then Mr. Cartel and Coach Co to help you again, zero cost associated with asking a question, by the way, like yeah, what's, what's, what's better than chatting with someone who, who shares your hobby and your passion uh, and feel a little bit safer when talking about things that perhaps are a little bit, you know, more uncomfortable to talk about or, or something that you don't have as good of a grasp on as you do 
for example, when it comes to the, the prism market, you may not have a grasp on squats as much as you may have on that. So why not uh, talk to people who also share your passion for cards? And we are not going to be judging anyone and uh, only trying to help. That's what we're here for. So, team, I want you to have a wonderful rest of your day. Keep being great people. And uh, remember to treat people the way that you want to be treated. Yeah, don't, don't corner <laughs> anyone in an airport encounter. <laughs> have a great day, people. Coach Co, out. Peace.